What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush. Uh, live a dish, everyone. This has only happened once before, uh, last year with Tony Hale. And this year, I went back to Sketchfest, uh, thanks to Janet Varney inviting me like she does every year. And she lined up um, a great guest for me, uh, the wonderful and talented Busy Phillips. Um, she asked me, I, I say this actually on stage too, but she sent me a list of folks and asked for my top three. And I wrote down Busy Phillips three times because I wanted to talk to her because um, well, for a lot of reasons. I respect her career. I respect her um, here 20 years in doing for herself and making her own opportunities as a woman in Hollywood and being a voice uh, for change and for being a mom who is out there living life in a real way on her Instagram page. She's got a huge Insta following because she's just kind of getting real about parenthood and how tough it is and how hard marriage is and uh, talking real about all this stuff, which I really respect. But more than anything, everyone, it was because of Freaks and Geeks. Let's be honest. One of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, what what young man didn't have a crush on Kim Kelly? Uh, I was certainly among them. So got the chance to talk to Busy in San Francisco on stage. She uh, was lovely and wonderful backstage. Super, super nice, as was her husband who was there. I'm um, going to try to get him on. He's a screenwriter and director and producer. Uh but she picked the great film Kicking and Screaming, Noah Baumbach's first movie um, from back in my college days. And it really hit home for me. It was one of my favorite films back then. It was a pleasure to rewatch and talk about it with Busy. So here we go, everyone. Uh, live from Sketchfest in San Francisco, Busy Phillips on Kicking and Screaming. 
Hi, everybody. I timed that perfectly, didn't I? <laughs> it's almost as if I was waiting backstage for this moment. How's everyone doing? Good? See any good movies lately? Did anyone want to watch this movie that we're going to talk about? Yes. You did your homework? Yes. All right, good. So uh, Janet Varney, who runs uh, this, this show, got in touch with me um, about another movie crush. This is the second one. Uh, was anyone here last year? Yay! Thanks for coming back. Tony Hale, wasn't he great? <laughs> uh, and Janet gave me a list of people and said, you know, we have these possibilities of who you want here. And I wrote her, she said, send me back your first three. And I wrote her back, uh, number one, Busy Phillips, number two, Busy Phillips, and number three, Busy Phillips. I was like, do you think she'll do it? And she said, yeah, of course she will, I hope. Uh, and I was like, well, I guess I couldn't, you know, deal with John Hodgman again if we had to talk about another Avengers movie. Uh, but that, she was my first choice because she's great, uh, and I love her career and what she's uh, done in the past, what she's doing now, and just uh, have a lot of respect for her as an actor and someone who is making their own way in the business. So I was super, super excited that she agreed to do that, and she's very, very nice. We met about 20 minutes ago, everyone, <laughs> and she's super cool. Uh, so let's just get to it, right? Yeah? Busy? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Busy Phillips, everyone. That's one L and two Ps. One L and two Ps. What's up with that? Uh, just the way my family spells it. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I imagine it has something to do with when they came to the country and something got fucked up and... They'd spelled it that way. Where did they, uh, where'd they come from? England? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My mom's really into like Ancestry.com. I've asked multiple times to be on that, where do you come from or who do you think you are or what the fuck we take you and find out your ancestor thing. Um, I think those that's shows. what it's called. Right. Um, and no dice yet. They haven't agreed yet to take me on that journey. Oh, yeah, yeah, the show where they... Yeah, I think they only do it if there's something really good and juicy that's going to make you cry. Right. But I don't know. I'll cry at anything. Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I don't know why they spell it that way, but it separates me from all the other Phillips. Yeah? Most of the other Phillips. Sure. Except the ones I'm related to. So you've never done the swab? You've never done that yourself? I didn't do it. And you know what? I got it in like uh, the last time I did, I was a guest on Stephen Colbert. Uh -huh. They have, he has like the best gift bag in his uh, dressing room. Oh, I know. And they gave, no. well. <laughs> this is something when I was starting my own talk show, this was something that was like, I shit you not, we had all of these meetings about like, you know, creative team and building the show and what it was going to be and all these things. And I multiple times was like, we need to discuss the gift bag Oh yeah, for the guests. Like I need to get that on lock because that's the most, as a person who's done a bunch of talk shows, that's yeah. like the most important thing to me. Yeah. But anyway, Stephen Colbert, I just did it a couple months ago and it, he gave 23 and me in the oh, cool. thing. So I will do it. I don't know. I just got to do it, I guess. Let's talk about gift bags some yeah. more. I love them. Uh, I love free shit so yes. much. Who doesn't? I don't know. <laughs> I have yet to meet someone who doesn't like free stuff. But uh, what, what's up with the gift bags? Because I think everyone would love to know behind the scenes, like, 
What do you get in those things? And what do you give? Well, okay, so for Busy Tonight, um, and I've been told now by multiple guests on my show that I have one of the best gift bags that they've gotten. Because what's important to me in a gift bag is, like, not a bunch of bullshit. Like, I don't want filler. Like, I want stuff that is actually cool, like 23andMe Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. So for my – but it also has to be stuff that, like, basically you get for free from the companies because you don't want to have to pay for it to give it to me. This is what I've learned as – a talk show host and producer of my own <laughs> show. Um, although I do sometimes buy the Mr. Nightgowns to give to people, uh-huh. um, which is a thing on my show. Oh, I and know. these dresses, yeah. Um, and the gravity blanket, you don't give those away, do you? I gave that to Andy Samberg. Okay, I saw I that. did give my gravity blanket to Andy Samberg. That's but nice. that was just because he, like, got the flu on it. And... <laughs> And he was like, this really is super cozy. And I was like, dude, just take it and take that stuffed animal too. Uh-huh. And like, take everything that you've touched. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I give, in my gift bag, it's these this really beautiful thing of tea, um, like called, I can't remember the name of the tea, but they're, it's really nice. I give beauty counter sunscreen and makeup okay um which is probably going to change to olay sunscreen <laughs> um sunscreen's important to me it is sun care is important yeah um we give mr nightgowns we give those all birds shoes sure i got some of those there you go and uh what else do we give oh and then we give some shop bando stuff because jen gotch is a good friend of mine who has bando Mm -hmm. so we give like a tote bag that says i am very busy and a reusable um coffee mug and um i'm very big on no straws yeah so we give away you know like reusable straw or you know metal straws and yeah i've been doing that too and my daughter's actually getting into the uh straw that i carry from the car she she doesn't think it's weird now oh yeah yeah, and like it's not weird. No, but to us, to to an old guy like me, I have to wrap my head around that. But she's going to grow up in a world, right? Where you bring your own straw. You bring your own straw. What a world! What a world! <laughs> Pretty soon we'll stop drinking bottled water, and then it'll be even That's better. Right. We'll just go back to the way it used to be when people didn't have bottled water. What does Colbert give? Well, his is like he gives like some fancy stuff from Charleston, which sure. I love because I spend my summers in Charleston. Um, so there's like some hot sauce. There's some stuff that like is a little bit of a bummer because if you're traveling and you're carrying, you can't take it back with mm-hmm. you. Right, liquids. Bummer. Like the you know like I don't want to bring like a jar of hot right. sauce back with me. Right. There's like a bottle of liquor. I can't. Oh, maybe I give liquor. Do I give liquor, Mark? <laughs> Are you there? I don't know. I think I might give some tequila. We should start a gift bag podcast, I think. Pretty neat. <laughs> gift bag daily? <laughs> I guess the idea is that the brands... Oh, but you know what's interesting? Oh, because this is true. We get sometimes... We get um, like deli- like uh, packages sent to us from brands knowing that certain guests are booked on our show Mm -hmm. and like this is specifically for um julia roberts or like this is specifically for this guest that you are sarah chalk this guest that you they know we're having on so they don't send it to everyone also like the mr nightgowns Uh because there is like a list like they're like certain people can have them and certain people they'd rather not. Wow. Not like that they don't want those people to have them, but just like for free. Sure. 
I'm serious. It's, you know, but so, so when, so at Stephen Colbert, my publicist was saying, she's like, oh, you're the first person that I've seen. Like, I got all these, like, this Brand Tucker, like, wrote, like, this really beautiful silk robe and this other, this <laughs> blouse. And my publicist was like, I think they just sent that here and Col- for Colbert because they knew you were going to be on the show. Do you gotcha. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think know. so. It's all about, <laughs> I don't know what it's all about. So uh, where are you from? Where did this all start for you? I was born in Oak Park, Illinois, um, and then we moved to Arizona when I was five what and a part? half, six. Scottsdale, Arizona. And you spent your, your teenage years there? I spent my teenage years there, and then I immediately moved to Los Angeles uh, to go to Loyola Marymount University um, with Linda Cardellini and Colin Hanks. Um and then I got Freaks and Geeks my sophomore year. I got the pilot of Freaks and Geeks, and then I dropped out of school. And Good decision. Yeah. <laughs> I've never regretted it. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Freaks and Geeks, sure. right, everybody? <laughs> what a special show. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things that's endured all these years in, like, TV history, I think. Yeah, I everybody makes fun of me on my show because I'm like, well, you know, I was on a seminal teen show. Yeah. Um, but it really was a seminal For teen sure. show. What was, I mean, first of all, were you acting at that point like in high school and stuff and plays? Yeah, no, or? it was always the goal. I was just, I was always a performer since the time when I was a, a baby. And, you know, because you have a <laughs> you kid. You performed as a baby? I performed as a baby. <laughs> um, I was always putting on shows. Yeah, I was always putting on shows. Uh-huh. I mean, it's interesting when you have kids and you just see like inherent personality things that yeah. are so unique, especially like when you have two children, one or more, more than one child and you can see the differences mm-hmm. between them and the ones that like naturally sort of like want the spotlight and sparkle and shine and put on the shows and um you know as opposed to like the kid that like wants to read books in their room or whatever I was the one that was like always putting on a fucking show yeah and um and so I got involved in like theater very early and I would do local theater I begged my parents to get me an agent in Los Angeles and let me fly to LA for auditions because I had a couple of friends who did that in Arizona Uh um and my mom was like, no, that's not an yeah. option. Um, you can graduate from high school and go to two years of college. And like she said, she literally said at least two years of college. And I did two years at of least college. two years of college. <laughs> I did the very least. I mean, maybe she should have gone all the way and yeah. been like get through college. <laughs> but she didn't. It's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was spe- I was looking to become an actor Mm. and I started doing stuff in high school like kind of professional gigs when I was a little bit like junior senior year of high school like local locally in Arizona right but in so but you had an idea that even from like living in Arizona that this is a job that you can do yeah I mean Jack I don't know I just always thought that anything I wanted I could have really yeah that's great yeah it's wild yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I do. My parents, my mom, my mother wanted to be an actor uh-huh. and her dreams were dashed by her parents. Oh, no. um, so, you know, they were always incredibly supportive of what of my creative outlets and right. that I could do anything. And, you know, my mom always stuck up for me. Um, she was just like, I write a lot about it in my book, I, but my mom was just 
such a fierce protector of my spirit and like wouldn't let it be crushed. That's awesome. It was awesome. And because truly, you know, this business wants to crush your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it that is its identifying characteristic. <laughs> well, <Spirit> crushing. <laughs> having kids and having daughters, especially, uh, first of all, do you think they're interested? And would you I know you would support anything your daughters want to yes. do because you're a great mom, but knowing the industry, it's so tough. It's, it's, is it hard to reconcile with that? I mean, a little bit, but you know, I, I do think, I mean, first of all, I don't think it's an industry for children. Right. And so I wouldn't, I mean, I let Birdie does stuff on my show, mm-hmm. you know, and she did some stuff on Cougar Town, um, I, I will, you know, but I wouldn't ever get them an agent or put them up for jobs right. or any of that stuff. Like, I would Judd Apatow them, but like, I'm uh-huh. not gonna, you know, <laughs> but I'm not gonna like put them out there to like actually get rejected at this point. Right. But if you were going to do something and have them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I... You know, I and I do think that getting through high school and, and two years of college is important. No, I don't think at that least two. two. <laughs> I don't think that two years of college is important at all. But um, but I do want um, I do want Birdie and Cricket to both you know be able to express themselves in whatever way. And I the jury's out. I don't know, man. Birdie thinks she might want to go. She's getting older now, and she thinks she may want to audition for Laxa when she gets into high school yeah. or for high school, which is the performing arts school in Los Angeles. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll help you. I mean, if you need voice lessons or whatever they right. they do like local theater stuff, yeah. their little theater programs. I wonder if the opposite can happen though, as a performer, if like your children are like, no, I don't want to do what you do at all. I like, think that would does that be happen hurt feelings? To- no, I wouldn't have hurt feelings. I would. <laughs> really? I don't know. I just feel like, I, when a birdie was a baby, I definitely had a thing about like that she was gonna she was gonna do something other like that what Mark and I did isn't actually like I had some weird idea that like she should be you know like I don't even know what I thought an intellectual or mm-hmm. like you know I I don't know the opposite of me. Um, <laughs> I just felt like I wasn't supported enough um, in my education. And so like, um, and so I wanted to make sure that she had all of the things that, that I feel like I didn't have growing Mm -hmm. up, educationally speaking. Yeah. Um, And now we're giving her all of those things and she's still like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like way more interested in creative stuff. And we're like, oh, okay. Maybe that's just like inherent to a person. You know, it's weird. I'm sure. Maybe it's so, not. Uh, back to Freaks and Geeks. Yes. You've done a lot of work since then. So, now that you have a big thing to compare it to, uh, like you were a kid on that yeah. show, like, do you, do you look back and realize how special it was? Or at the time, did you think, like, we it's knew. just a job? Or no, whatever? we knew how special it was at the yeah. time. We all sort of agree on that. And um, the feeling was always that we were doing something so cool and so different and um, and that it was about going to be taken away from us at any second. Like, yeah. we, knew, we, we were very aware. Um, I will say that it was, um, you know, such 
an incredible introduction into working in television and film in that just working for Paul Feig and Judd Apatow, yeah. even at that time in their careers. Um, How was, old were they then? Well, you know, to me, they were old men. Yeah. And, but what uh, were they, like early 30s? No, I think they were like late 20s, oh early 30s. Oh, my God. And I'm not shitting you. Like, if you asked me, I mean, Judd was... I, my dad's age like I don't fucking you know you <laughs> know. know in my head I was I was 19 when I got that job and those guys seemed because Judd and Leslie had just gotten married they had right. Maude was a baby like they were fucking grown up old people yeah. and now like I'm they like wait 28 Leslie's like <laughs> three years older than me like what <laughs> like how is that even possible I know like it's so weird time when fucks you're, with you so much yeah, it really does in your like late teens early 20s um, yeah, I think they were in their early 30s uh, when we did that show. Um, but they, you know, already, they, I think Paul, from coming from the perspective of being an actor yeah. and Judd having had his experience on Larry Sanders, um, you know, they were just so friendly to, like, the collaboration uh-huh. of it all, um, even with basically children, you know, which right. is what we kind of were. And um, it was so empowering in a way that you don't, most of my friends who started acting as young as I did on different shows mm-hmm. didn't have that experience. And like, therefore I think, you know, didn't know to um, want more. Right. Um, and so it's not surprising to me that literally all of us, went on to create and to make our own ways and to do different things because we were just empowered at such an early age by people who had been given, you know, the keys a little bit and they were turning to us and saying like, but your, your ideas are just as valid. Like that's great. it, It was crazy. And then to go from that to something like Dawson's Creek where they're like, literally you are a talking prop right like you are here to just service what we've written Mm -hmm. do not stray from this like you have no say in this yeah look pretty lose 15 pounds Uh, and like shut the fuck up yeah was a little bit disheartening (laughs) (laughs) who was the casting director on freaks and geeks allison jones okay because like people never talk about that stuff she won like. a thing. She won an award for it. Yeah. I mean, the, the talent that she assembled for that is just insane. That's kind of like her vibe now. Like, that's what she's known for, oh, you know, sure. since then. It's just yeah. like finding people. She did sort of an exhaustive search to find. That year, um, she cast the show Roswell, the original mm-hmm. Roswell. And so I had auditioned for that show and had gotten fairly far on it. Um, but didn't end up testing for it. And so then she brought me right in for Judd and Paul and Jake Kasdan um, to read for the role of Lindsay Weir. Um, and then uh, Paul gave me the sides for Kim Kelly and I... Kim Kelly. Took him out in the hallway <laughs> for five minutes and then went back in and that was it. Uh, it's funny because I worked as a PA years ago in L.A. and I worked on a very small independent film with Jason. And he was... You know, on these sets, all actors are talking about all the things they're going to do. And under the crew, you're like, yeah, whatever, man. And he was talking about, yeah, I'm developing something with Jack Black. And he was unknown. And I remember thinking at the time, yeah, man, we all are. We're all developing something with Jack Black. Yeah. And, of course, this fucking Jason Segel 
Right. I've, I've, I've felt like a dick ever since then. <laughs> Just about him. To be fair, though, like, you are right. You know what I mean? Like... Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I've been waiting a long time to hear that. Yeah. I'm going to re-meet him one day and remind him about working on that movie. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. What was it? It was called The Good Humor Man. Okay. You don't know it. No, I didn't. But I don't know. Yeah. I could have known it. Could have been in it. Yeah, there were lots of like, there were so many independent movies in like the late 90s, early 2000s that people were like hardcore vying for. Like, I remember like auditioning like 47 times for this movie that Dewey Nix was directing and like being like fucking gutted that I didn't get it. Like, I don't even, I don't remember. What movie was that? Do you know? No, I don't fucking remember. (laughs) I don't remember at all. Every girl I knew like cried hysterically into her pillow when she didn't get Mona Lisa smile. Uh. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many, so many stories like that. I bet. From those those years. Oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Do you guys know how fucking bummed I was that I I didn't get in Josie and the Pussycats? Do you know how hard I cried? (laughs) Soaked your pillow? Mm. Yeah, that's tough stuff. Especially at that age. I mean, rejection's always hard, no matter what Blue Crush. I remember I drove to fucking Malibu. I had, they fuck, their casting office was in Malibu. That's rude. Yeah. That's what that is. (laughs) It's fucking rude. Emily, my wife, loves Blue Crush. That's one of her sort of guilty pleasures. Yeah, well. Or maybe just a pleasure. Emily, is that just a pleasure? No. No. No, <laughs> nope. just guilty pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so Dawson's Creek comes along, mm-hmm. and uh, is that where, where you met your bestie? It is, actually, yeah. Um, John Kasdan, who's Jake Kasdan's little brother, mm-hmm. who had written on Freaks and Geeks and then jumped um, to Dawson's Creek, was really instrumental in me getting that part yeah. on um, Dawson's. Tom Kapanos was running Dawson's Creek the last few years and was a huge Freaks and Geeks fan. Kapanos is, um, you know, he went on to create that show with David Duchovny. What was it called? Yeah, thanks. Californication. <laughs> The movie crushers. Um, but his no. sensibility that was dope. Yeah. His um <laughs> his sensibility I think was like always like cooler and darker than what Dawson's Creek allowed it to be. It's Kapanos, I mean. Sure. And so I think like getting me on that show was like his the most subversive act he could do at the time. Right. Truly. I do I do think that is is true. Um and um and yeah, and like uh so John and I were really close friends from Freaks and Geeks. We were really tight, and uh, um, and he was like, "You're kind of yeah, you and Michelle Williams are kind of be best friends." <laughs> like he he fully said that. Really? Yeah, That's yeah. So funny. And um, and yeah, it was like uh, you know, we had a real meet cute, like love at first sight kind of vibe. It's adorable, and and I think people like, like it. It is. It's just I think. <laughs> We see you guys on red carpets, yeah. and you're always there, and you're holding hands, and yeah. you could you just sense, not just like, oh, that's so cute, they're besties, but like you really get a sense of the love and support, and like anyone who has that in their life, uh, whether it's a friend or a or a spouse or whatever, it's just so important, and you guys are so public about it, and it's just it's that's heartwarming. Nice. Thank you. It's really nice. Well, I like her a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we just definitely have like seeing each other through I, I mean like when we met we just had so much in common shared sensibility and I know people like think that it's a little bit unlikely because you know I'm such a 
loud, broad, and she's like so sensitive and small. <laughs> um, but you know, there's like a shared thing in yeah. inside that we have, and um, and and then you know, moving forward, we've just like you know been through so much together. Yeah. So well, and there's something to be said for especially as a young woman in this industry, like locking arms with someone and mm -hmm. just really having someone to have your back. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. I, I guess starting out in the industry, like I said, like, you know, like crying over Mona Lisa's smile or fucking <laughs> whatever. Like I did, I used to have, I used to, I was plagued by like, the jealousy and comparison and why not me and why yeah. didn't I get that and whatever. And like, truly, I think part of the, like the thing that Michelle, Michelle and my friendship did for me was like, allow me to understand and truly see that like, we all have these, and I saw these paths, you know, these like, as a creative person on this journey and it's not going to be the same for anyone. And I, and I think I saw that more clearly, not in terms of like me and my comparison to her, mm -hmm. but more like her comparison to Katie Holmes. Like when right. I entered that situation to see like how it affected those two women very early, early on. Yeah. And like, just that it was so clear to me how insane it was because they're just so diff, like such disparate talents and right. like have just such different things going on for themselves. Yeah. And that made me see more clearly that like, I can never like, no, I, I didn't get the part that Rachel McAdams got like, because I'm not Rachel McAdams, you right. know what I mean? And like, yeah. and my journey is going to be something that's totally different and unique. And if I can just remember to hold on to the, the like core thing of what makes me, me mm -hmm. and stop trying to be something else yeah. that I think people want, then that's like where the true talent is. You know? Yeah, and I feel, I mean, is that a, a baby? baby? <laughs> if it is, just bring that baby right on up here. <laughs> baby lovers. Oh, I'm such a baby lover. <laughs> I will, I'll try not to cough on the baby, but. No, no. that's so funny. Like, two parents were both like, hmm? <laughs> I have a hard time when I see babies in public now, because I know you, you can't touch you're not supposed to. But I just, Emily and I both, we want to squeeze. I know. And squeeze, and you can't do it. No, you're not supposed to. It's frowned upon. <laughs> it is. I've almost asked. Like, can I give your baby a squeeze? Here's where I'm going to give you, like, a little bit of a trick. Oh. As a baby. I love it. I'm going to give you a trick. On airplanes, if there's, like, a mom flying by herself, sometimes you can just, like, be real cute and offer to hold the baby so that. Even when you look like me. Emily can. I, Emily can yeah. offer okay. to hold the baby. Because there's a big diff between you sauntering up and I guess me that's true. lumbering I guess that's down true. an aisle. Ah. Uh, want baby. me to hold your baby? That's how I would do it, too. Baby. Maybe that's the problem. It's so funny. Mark and I were just talking as we were sitting at the Embarcadero. We were just, like, watching all the babies pass. And I was like, God, I would love... This is this is not well thought out. I was like, I would love another baby for like a couple weeks. Baby share. 
Let's start. I would love a baby share. Yeah. You know, you can, if you're like healthy and whatever, you can go do volunteer work at the hospital in the NICU and like pet babies. (laughs) I just found that out. Well, you know, they need petting and their parents are so like stressed out and stuff and they need to sleep. So like you can be a little, you can, you know, you can cuddle them and hold them and stuff. I might try to do that. You should. I know. I have a lot going on though. That's like, (laughs) (laughs) this might be, I might be overreaching. I just want someone to bring a baby to me and let Uh me hold it. Oh my God. I was doing this, um, You know, this is a, why I chose you to come on the show, I, by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm a spokesperson for Michael's, the craft store. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am their first and only spokesperson ever because it was an incoming, no, wait, an outgoing call. Um, I demanded my agent call them and bug them for two years. <laughs> They're like, ma'am, we are a craft store. We do not need a spokesperson. You're like, oh, I think you do. And I was like, a hundred percent you do, and it's me, Busy Phillips. Anyway, they fell for it. So for the last three years, I've been their spokesperson. I was doing a Michael's event in New York, and, um, you a know, it's like people event. bring their kids, and <laughs> yeah. we do crafts and, you know, whatever, blah. Um, this woman had a sleeping like two and a half year old that she was holding and she was like, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, can I hold your sleeping two year old? (laughs) And she's like, I would love it. And I had had actually, it was like right when my book was coming out and, um, and I was super stressed because of all this like clickbait press that was happening about this James Franco story that was in my book. And it was like really, really bumming me out and upsetting me, Mm -hmm. um, for a myriad of reasons, you know, one of the main ones being that, like, the irony was not lost on me that, like, I had written a book about how, as a woman in this industry, it's been really difficult for me, and I feel like I've often been reduced, and then, like, I wrote a fucking book about it, and then all the headlines were reduced to being about a man. Right. Um, But anyway... So I was like having a really hard time. And so this woman gave me her sleeping two-year-old baby. And I held that little girl for like 45 minutes while she napped. And a little bit I said to like, I said to the Michaels people, I'm like, are you guys okay that I'm just doing this? And they're like, yeah, you're fine. You're good. Just hold the baby. That's so sweet. That baby was so cute. What else happens at a Michaels event? Mostly just crafts. So you're doing crafts with people? I do crafts with people, yeah. Um, I shoot these, like, commercials for them that go on their YouTube channel Uh and, like, get, you know, put in Facebook or whatever. I don't know where they go. I tweet them out. Um, They're called make-offs, the Michaels make-offs, and Uh we get other people. (laughs) Like, they try to get, like, like I've done them with, like, Nick Cannon and Snoop Dogg did one. Wow. um, And we do, like, a crafting competition. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's sort of making fun of, a like... Of you did a, a craft-off with Snoop? Yeah, I did a craft-off with Snoop. His were wild, you guys. <laughs> I did one with Wiz Khalifa, and on his Instagram, five minutes before we got to set, he posted himself smoking out of this thing that was Marijuana? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But it was like, it was like a long pipe thing that had like seven holes and uh-huh. on in each of the holes was a giant blunt. So it was like five minutes before we're going to film the make-off. 
And he's lighting them all and like sucking it. <laughs> Looked like a flute. It might have been a flute. Right. It's like a pan flute. It was like a little pan flute uh-huh. that he was smoking blunts out of. He got to set and the, the, you can watch the makeup online. It's, it's fine because we were able to edit it. But for the first, I want to say 15 minutes, he did not speak. Oh, yeah. It was like a while. I PA'd on a Buster Rhymes video way back in the day. Uh, the video, Gimme Some Mo. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Um, but there was one part where he was uh, tied to the train tracks. So he was laying down, like tied up in rope. And my job as the PA was to put the blunt in his mouth <laughs> as he smoked it and just stand to the side. And he would say, come on, dog. And I would give him some more. And I felt so fucking cool. I was just like, all right, I've made it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, well, and Emily, we told you she used to produce music videos. And mm-hmm. uh, she, there are some crazy stories from back in the day when like, they paid a half a million dollars to shoot a music video. I don't feel like that happens anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. No. I did a music video uh, almost two years ago for Grizzly Bear. And awesome. It, losing all sense is the video. I'm sure you can watch it online. I loved it. It was really fun. But like, yeah, I think it was like the. I mean, the budget was like, I don't know, five thousand yeah, dollars. It was it's a like different so time. Low bro. Yeah, she doesn't do that anymore. No, for that reason. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. 
In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. So Cougar Town, yeah. right? Uh, I'm curious, like Courtney Cox is, is a legend, obviously, from Friends, but what was she like as a, as a boss? And like, uh, I mean, that was her show, right? Yeah. Like, what was she like behind the scenes the as, fucking as best. an executive? Yeah, she's the best, like the best person. Um, I had a really great experience on that show. Because that's a hard job. To run a show and not a showrunner, but right, she wasn't the showrunner. But to I mean, executive but, produce a show, and, yeah, and star in it, and yeah. she's in every scene basically. I mean, she was just very, uh, from what I could see, and then you know, she ended up basically being like our supervising director. She ended up directing like more than half of the wow. Cougar Towns by the end, um, because directing is something that she really loves to do, and mm-hmm. she was getting much more into it toward the end of the run of the series. Um, but she was always like, she's just like a boss ass bitch. Like she just like, she, she just is like, she has like all these things. She handles all her stuff. She, I I don't know. Like it was impressive to watch her. Um, she, you know, she would be watching cuts of the show at lunchtime. Yeah. She would be like going to the editing room. She giving note, her producer's notes. Um, but and then, um, you know, and then in terms of on set, she was really more just an actor when yeah. we were on set. Um, occasionally, I yeah, occasionally she would like have notes that she would talk to the director or the producers about. But it's probably hard to draw that line, though, you know, and switch that off and go into performance mode. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the producing standpoint, I mean, direct when she was directing and I got to direct an episode as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Was that fun? Yeah, I was really good at it. Was it nerve-wracking or was it... Yeah, I was super scared going into it. Um, and I was really only doing it because two of the male actors had done it the year before when I was... Um, I had just had Cricket. Uh-huh. And um, and I was just annoyed at the f- fucking disparity between like the number of male actors that end up directing right. episodic television and and female actors that end up doing it. Because so in like, like all my years of being in my 20 yeah. years in this business, it was like, it's always like the men actors who end up like parlaying it mm. into a directing career. Yeah. Just like at a certain point, like this doesn't fucking work anymore. And this is a podcast. So I just pointed to my face. <laughs> um, like it, it falls away. Like mm. you do even for, and for men too, like there's a yeah. certain point where you, you're done. Right. And um, you want to be able, if you want to like continue to work in the industry, you have to like figure out different ways to work. And directing is one of them. Directing television is one of them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing I really respect about you is it feels like 20 years in, you're an overnight sensation. It's because like you've been working your ass off. (laughs) Yeah. And like, then you wrote a book and now you have your own show and Mm -hmm. it's like, everything's coming up busy and it's really cool, I think, 20 years in to be, I mean, because of the industry, you're sort of forced to, but to make the decision, like, I'm going to fucking make my own way. Yeah. I mean, I let, a, it's interesting. It's, 
yeah, it's always like a work in progress for me. And I, and I think that, um, I don't know. I, I just like to do all of it. Like I like to entertain in whatever way I can. And so for me, that was like doing my, the show at Largo, doing thrilling adventure hour at Largo. Like that kept me going for a long time. Mm -hmm. Creatively, it was super fulfilling to be able to do that. Yeah. And to be with those people and play on stage like that. Um, and you know, and then even, I don't know, like with Instagram and stuff, like I was always looking at the Instagram stories as like, you know, building as like literally building stories Mm -hmm. on a daily basis and trying to give narratives and I don't know. So, and entertain like, you know, and be entertaining, not just like, woo, we're on the back of a golf cart. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> like, like I can't with that. Yeah, I'll skip right through your shit. Um, but uh, you know, so I, I don't know. Like I, I think that, and to a certain extent, like you know, it's it's difficult for me because I am of a certain age, and I started in this business at a certain time, which was you know, there weren't, you didn't create your own content. You just didn't. Mm -hmm. Like you were an actor for hire. And you just auditioned and auditioned. You auditioned and you got the parts they wanted to fucking give you. Right. And, um, and the idea that you could like somehow create your own shit just didn't really exist. And even, and then even when I tried to, it was like a fucking disaster for me with Blades of Glory. So. Oh, that story. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's in my book, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can We're not going to give it all away for free. Yeah. By the book. Uh, no, it's just really cool, though. It feels like it's, we're at a moment in time now where it's 50 years too late, but things seem like they are finally just starting to swing in the right direction. I think so. And a I think you're bit. one of the leaders. Oh, that's nice. You know, out there doing it. I think I just like, you know, I'm just like a little bit of a girl with a chip on her shoulder. Right. You know what I mean? And like, I always have been. And so I've always like, that was why I insisted on directing that episode of Cougar Town. Like mm-hmm. I just, I always have sort of seen like, well, what the fuck are the boys doing? And let me do that. And right. that's how I got this late night talk show. I literally was like, what the fuck are the boys doing? Mm-hmm. Let me do that. Yeah. And, um, it's such a fun show too. It's fun. I mean, I, you know, but like, let me do that in my own way and make it the mm-hmm. thing that I want as a woman. Um, I don't know why I just did this with my shoulder. <laughs> it felt freeing for a second and now I regret it. I'm going to put my, put that back down. Um, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, you know, it's not without a lot of like, thought and time and energy. No, you don't stumble into your own talk show. It's exhausting and super fun. And, uh, every day is a challenge. We had the craziest day. I don't even know what day of the week it is today. What is it? Saturday? Saturday. So Wednesday. So Wednesday, (laughs) it was pouring rain in Los Angeles. First of all, on Tuesday, Andy Samberg almost canceled because he was sick. And I I saw that one. He was, that was very sweet for him to show up. You could tell he was hurting. He didn't feel, I thought it was a really cute interview because he was so like, he was so sick and cozy. He was like a little Um, puppy. But he and I, he was a little buddy. (laughs) Um, But he and I are like 
friends, really friends mm-hmm. in real life. And he just texted me like, how fucked will you be? And I was like, dude, so fucked if you don't show up. Yeah. And so he was like, all right. So he came, you know, he showed up and, um, but the next day one of my guests was sick and like, that was it. Didn't sh- like, wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. And so we scrambled to find someone. Um, but you know, you plan these shows, you've got like a week or two in advance right. that, you know, the guests are booked. And so the producers and the writers and everybody's like working on bit ideas and, and fun activities for you to do and questions to ask and all of these things so that you're pretty fairly prepared when the person Mm -hmm. shows up, you know, but then to throw it all out of the window and you had, we had how much notice we had one hour. Wow. Who did you get in there? So you guys, please watch the show. It airs. (laughs) It'll be this coming Thursday. It's Josh Radner. Uh It's honestly one of my favorite shows. It's wild. Like it is truly (laughs) off the rails. Mark, where are you? Did you, is it, it's good, right? We watched the cut of it yesterday in my hotel room. It's like, it turned out great, but we had like an hour to pull it together. We were all just like laughing and crying and like, okay. But I don't want to do this every day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Congratulations for pulling it it together. (laughs) We could have scrapped it truthfully because we had had all our shows for this week done, but because it was it's MLK Day on Monday, right. we're not supposed. You know, you don't want to film because you have to pay everybody double. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Insider stuff, everyone. Um, so yeah, so this was supposed to. Oh, it's whatever. It doesn't even matter. But <laughs> as a producer, these are the things like the decisions that have to be made. So I was like, if we can pull. There were a few people that my talent booker came and they're like, I think this person can come. And I think this, I was like, I want to just do a show to do a show with somebody that's not going to be interesting. And we have to pull it together in an hour. Right. And Radner and I've known each other for a long time. And I knew that. Right. He could do it. He could, he would be great and be down to play and, you know, and it was really fun. That's cool. Yeah. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. All right, I feel like we should get into our, our movie now. Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> uh, Kicking and Screaming from 1995, uh, written and directed by a 25-year-old Noah Baumbach. Yep. Which is crazy, and it's one of those movies, too, where... All right, I graduated college the year this came out, so it was just sort of... I felt like my life, except I wasn't walking around wearing tweed blazers. And right, right, right. Talking about, you Where'd know... Where'd you go to college? Kafka. I went to the University of Georgia in Athens, yeah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was great, and we had Everyone just listened to REM, and, like, it was, like, yeah, Michael Stipe all the time. And, like, yeah, looked around for Michael Where's Michael? Anywhere. I did play softball with Mike Mills. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was on my softball team. That's cool. Um, he doesn't remember that, though. Because <laughs> I met him years later, a few years ago. And he was like... No clue. But we hung out, and he was nice. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I had just graduated uh, college, and this movie comes out about people just graduating college. Um, it's supposed to be set in, I think, upstate New York, but it's, like, clearly Los Angeles. It's, it's one right? of the best sort of worst fake jobs I've ever seen on a movie. It's like palm trees all over the place. It's supposed to be New York. Where did he go to college? Vassar? He went to Vassar, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't I always say Vassar, assumed it but, was supposed to be like Vassar. Yeah, I always assumed it was like their college. It, it's supposed to be, but it was actually Occidental in Eagle Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like, but also because of that, like how they kind of mess with the location. I don't know. It sort of feels like it could be anywhere. Yeah, Do you know true. what I mean? Well, we were trying to figure it out. We were like, is this suburban Chicago or but then they're talking about New York all the time right and like moving to Brooklyn and then I, I found out about the Vassar connection so I think it's supposed to be New York yeah okay but it's so low budge you I know love it. and and it has like I, I saw it back then a bunch of times and it was one of my favorite movies back in the day yeah and to see it all these years later it's kind of funny to see like it was such like a student film I know but like in the best ways it's so good though yeah I like it better than a lot of his other movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting, because, I mean, I, I love his whole, like, I mean, he went on to do Squid and the Whale, obviously, Margot at the Wedding, Greenberg, Francis Ha. I like Greenberg ha. a lot, and I like yeah, Francis Ha a lot. 
Did Michelle was supposed to be in Greenberg, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Who? Oh, is that? It's uh, Greta. Oh, okay. And that was the first movie she did with him. Uh huh. That's how they met. Right, because he was married to J.J. Lee. Who? Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you call her J.J. Yeah. <laughs> J.J. Lee? Yeah. Guys, that's, what, that's her name, right? J.J. Lee? You're like me. You give people nicknames that you don't know. I like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all we do J.J. Um, yeah, I, I don't love Squid and the Whale as much as a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do love that movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't love it. You guys I, love not, that movie? Yeah. Squid and the Whale? Yeah. All right. I, I mean... Four people like it. <laughs> um... And then Meyerwood Stories, did you see that, the Netflix one? I didn't watch it. Because Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> no, just because, I don't know, man. I don't watch movies anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's unpack that. I don't have fucking time. <laughs> oh, Who's got sure. time to watch fucking movies? Yeah, yeah. Even on Netflix. I mean, I watched The Favorite when I had strep throat and the flu. Mm, I heard that's good. I loved it. Yeah, I got to check that out. And in fact, one of the like main executives at E, we got like I was so fucking salty to her because we did the post Golden Globes show for Busy Tonight. And I was like, can we please get a bunch of bunnies and say they're the bunnies from the favorite? <laughs> and we did. We got the bunnies. And she was like, I don't understand this. I don't. I really I hated that movie. And I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> You are wrong, and you have terrible taste if you hated that movie. Like, I was, like, so insane about it. I loved it. I thought it was one of, like, the weirdest, coolest movies I've seen in a long time. Like, in the last five years, I feel like I can count on one hand the movies that I've seen. Really? Yeah. The Favorite. Uh-huh. I saw Black Panther <laughs> yeah. in the theater. Um, and that's it. Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. My favorite. Sobbed for fucking days yeah who didn't um you're dead inside dead inside uh -huh. is that it that might be all is the movies i've seen in the last five years <laughs> like truly we just oh my husband's movie i've seen <laughs> i saw i feel pretty a bunch <laughs> just let that whole red carpet thing uh, well, I saw it so many times. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, and then also like, I'm very interested in the Netflix situation with movies mm -hmm. and like how that, I mean, I guess the Bird Box people really were into. I still haven't seen that. Everyone has seen I'm that, I'm not right? going to watch it. Guys, I'm sorry. It's, I'm not going to watch it. It's I, still happening? I have a hard time with uh, children in distress movies now. Yeah. Can't do it. It's tough. Yeah. I can barely read peoplemag.com. Yeah. <laughs> You're not joking. No, I'm not joking. Um, so how old were you? Were I like, was in high school. Were you one of those high school kids, though, that saw this and was just like, oh, my God, I want to be them It was so everything. Yeah, yeah. To me. I just like, I remember seeing this movie when I was, yeah, I was probably 16 years old. It was 95, so yeah, kind of middle high school. Middle high school. Um, my boyfriend and best friend worked at the Harkins Theater that was like the art house theater mm -hmm. in Arizona in Scottsdale. And so we would like go see all the movies for free. Yeah. Um, all the art house movies. Like I sat through the like Kenneth Branagh Hamlet around that time. Oh, yeah. Anyone else? It was like five hours. 
Um, <laughs> did you say you enjoyed it or you sat through it? I, I don't remember. <laughs> we did Hamlet in my high school later. Were you in it? Yeah, I was um, the queen. Oh, nice. Of course. <laughs> Definitely not Ophelia. Um, <laughs> I like that. Um, so, Queen Gertrude. So, um, so, yeah, so I remember seeing this movie and just feeling like it was like the smartest, best, funniest yeah. shit I had ever seen. And like that was the kind of sensibility that I had and like what my truest expression of myself, if I could like put myself in any movie or write any movie, it would be that movie. Yeah. I like I just loved it. And then I just got it on tape. I got it on VHS mm -hmm. and I would just watch it over and over and over again. And then I got Mr. Jealousy, yeah. which was his first movie. Like that was no, a I student film or this, was Mr. No, no, Jealousy no, Mr. after? It was right after this. Yeah. I got Mr. Jealousy and I got, maybe it was, this one was, it was called Highball. Do you know the story? I read up about that. No. What is it? So I had that on VHS too. So I would watch Highball, Mr. Jealousy and um, Kicking and Screaming. Did you like Highball? I feel like it was like it, because he's know, disowned it. Yeah, I don't know what is it. Well, the deal was is, was it a student film? No, he shot Mr. Jealousy. Noah Baumbach uh, wrote and directed Mr. Jealousy with which Eric is Stoltz. also fucking great. That movie's uh, really good. I haven't seen it. What? I know. Oh, you should see it. That's the only one I haven't it's seen. It stars Eric Stoltz and Annabella Sciorra. Yeah, who I love. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I thought you were correcting me. Like I was wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's really good. And Carlos Jacot, of course. Right, who is in this as well. Yeah. But so, yeah, he makes Mr. Jealousy and then apparently had like a little money and some film left over, does highball in like 10 days or something. It's like in an apartment. And, and like couldn't finish it the way he wanted to. And so he abandoned the project, took his name off of it. It, it doesn't say written and directed by Noah Baumbach. He made up two different names for writer and director. And disowned it, and he said that they released it without his permission on uh, whatever, on DVD or VHS. I had it on VHS. Yeah, so I, I still haven't seen that one because he's just like, nope, not my movie. It's like a little bit like the anniversary party, like not as good as the anniversary party. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like that thing. It's like takes place at a party, mm -hmm. like all in one night type Deal. Yeah, he had some leftover film. He had some leftover <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the anniversary party. Oh, so great. Waiting for someone to pick that one. Um, so Shoot, I wish I would have. <laughs> oh, that's right. We can do this again. Um, the character names just kill me. Grover, Otis, mm -hmm. Skippy. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what was he doing when he was naming these characters? No one's Miami. Oh, that's and right. And Parker, Parker Posey, Posey plays Miami. Yeah, who, I mean, I still adore her, but this was that mid-90s period Ugh. where she was just like the queen. On fire. Yeah. It's like every indie movie. Party I felt Girl. Like, yes. I did Party Girl. You know Guy Branham? Yeah. He was my guest for Party Girl. That was his pick. Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah. That's perfect for him. For him. I loved it. <laughs> um, I love, yeah, I loved Parker Posey. Parker Posey, when I was a young person thinking about being an actor, mm -hmm. that was my... That was who I looked up to, was yeah. Parker Posey. I wanted to be Parker Posey. Yeah, I love the scene with her. And uh, God bless him, that guy's not so great, the guy that played Skippy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that scene that they have together where after she had cheated on yeah. him with Max, 
and she's just sitting there and she's just like, just this, this. you, just this. your face, all of it, and your hair. You. I hate it. It's just so out. Parker Post. Get out. Get out. It's so cute. Out. <laughs> out. And that's actually. So fucking good. That's his best scene in the movie, probably, yes, when he's for sure. mimicking her and all. Yes. And you can tell it seems so genuine. She's starting to kind of crack up. Yes, I love it. It is. That's, that's one of the great things. It's so good. Yeah. I also love when they're moving her into the dorm fall semester. And he's like, oh, the trusty fan. Everybody brings oh, yeah. it. And, use it. and she's like, I use that fan all the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> I don't know she, why she just cracks me up. I know. She just always has this uh, self-assuredness. Mm-hmm. That you feel like is her. Like, I've never met her, but she seems like that's who she's like on screen, you know. Do you know her? No. Really? No. That surprises me. It surprises me, too. (laughs) I would have thought by now. But she's a New York bitch, and I'm an L.A. bitch. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's different. Different coasts. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, the movie opens up with the Pixie song right out of the bat. So Mm -hmm. you've got me hooked. Uh, And then that party which is not like any college party you've ever seen <laughs> like in like a weird mansion yeah and they're like wearing blazers and drinking champagne and yeah. stuff so it is this weird bizarro college world that i couldn't relate to but i just thought they were so fucking cool and grown up yeah because i was i guess 21 and they in the movie they're 22 but they it's that weird but age how thing. old were they oh, i guess noah was 25 you said when he wrote and directed yeah, this? I mean, they were they so were, they were of age they were the same yeah. age basically. and he's in it too he plays the guy oh yeah the, a couple times. Uh, pig fucker? Pig fucker, yeah. <laughs> uh, Would you rather fuck a pig or... Lose your mother. Lose your mother. I'd rather fuck a pig. Pig, pig fucker. fucker. Um, answer the question, <laughs> Skippy. Um, they yeah. Were not, they were not well matched. No, they were Skippy not. Skippy in Miami. They were not well matched. No. Although I feel like she really did him wrong by sleeping with Max. Yeah, it was a weird call. The great Chris Eigenman, who... Chris Eigenman's so good. Yeah, I mean, this was, I think, right after Metropolitan, maybe, and before Barcelona. Yes, it was definitely before Barcelona, I think. But right? he's sort of the same guy in all these movies. Right. He's just so smug, uh, but somehow likable somehow. I don't know. Yeah, he's got that thing, that yeah. dick thing that you're like... <laughs> Into it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, of course, he ends up with... Uh, What's her name? Cara Buono? Yeah. Cara. Cara Buono. Buono. I think who ended right. up on Mad Men. Yeah. I mean, she did a lot over she the years. Uh, and I was talking to Emily this morning. It's funny because Olivia Dabo, I thought, was just going to be this huge star. She's so good in this movie. She is so good. And she's so charming and like lovable. I love that thing with the retainer. She's I love always it. always taking her retainer out. And I wondered whose choice that was. Yeah. I wondered that, too. Of like, did they build it? They didn't have the money to build her retainer. Was that real? Maybe it must have been real, right? It might have been. Like, I don't see a a low budget indie being like, let's build her a retainer so she can take it in and out. No, no, no. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah, but like, I I don't know. Maybe that was her idea. I don't know. It's a great. It's very cute idea. And and I read a review from back then that um, hated that. That said she was always doing this annoying thing with her retainer. And I was like, it wasn't annoying. Sometimes it people are idiots. Yeah. They miss what's truly great about something. Well, I feel like. And it makes it like so grounded in reality. Like everybody yeah. knows that girl, like, you know, that girl. Yeah, yeah. 
Did you ever do like um, writing intensive classes where did you ever, you know, like where you sit around and you read your writing and then oh, yeah. other people critique it? I was an like, English major. It's the oh, worst. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. So it's awful. There was also that. Yeah. I loved those scenes. Yeah. He was like writing, like reading his like pretentious stories. Uh, yeah. And she sort of <laughs> she like digs at him. Yeah. Uh, well, those to me like are my favorite parts of the movie are the, uh, the flashbacks. That's sort of the through line. Yeah of their relationship because it opens with her leaving him to go to Prague mm-hmm. and then they tell the story in flashback of how they met. And those are really sort of the sweetest, sweetest parts of the movie, I think. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, I just also think there are so many, inc- I mean, no, it just speaks to like what an incredible writer Noah Bombach is. Mm-hmm. There are so many lines in kicking and screaming yeah. that jump out and are so, memorable and yeah. repeatable. Oh, I've been to Prague. Oh, I've been to Prague. Well, I mean, I haven't been to Prague, been to Prague, but I know that thing. That That's one of the best lines. You've been to Prague? Oh, I've been to Prague. Oh, I've been to Prague. Uh, but it also sort of felt like, like I used to try and write scripts and stuff, and I still do for fun, and it, it had that student filmy thing of like, he took every funny line he ever wrote on his legal pad and like stuffed it in his first movie. Right. Most of Carl most of Carlos Jacot's character is just those like yeah. funny lines. Yeah, he's great. He's so good. He's, I've worked with him around? a bit over the years. Oh, really? Yeah. I really like him a lot. He sells like a pilot every year as a writer, I feel like. Oh, uh, what? Writes and sells pilots? I think he likes uh, yeah, he feel like he has pilots a lot. Mm-hmm. Um he so he's Otis in the movie, by the way. And he and Noah went to college together. We're good friends. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Let me tell you a story, Chuck. Let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think this is in my book. I don't think it got cut. Um, When I, so this was my favorite movie. Um, I was fully obsessed with these bros. And um, when my first pilot season, um, when I had my agent, the year that I got Freaks and Geeks, um, this actually is like part of how I got Freaks and Geeks. Um, I went, I got an audition sheet from my agents and it was for a pilot called The Acting Class that Imagine Entertainment was producing um, and NBC was supposed to be doing. And um, the writers were Carlos Jacot and mm. Noah Baumbach. Wow. And the director was Noah Baumbach. And I like flipped out like this I was you know 19 years old so where was he in his career was it right after this yes yeah, so this would have been 19 well yeah 1990 he had done Mr. Jealousy okay this was 1998 pilot season yeah, of 1998 yeah. um and uh so I went in for the it was my first year so I went in for the casting associate she brought me back for the casting director the casting director was like i would love to bring you back for the director and producers which Mm -hmm. is like means noah bombach so they brought me back in i did my scene for them i was really funny (laughs) and um and it was noah and carlos in the room it was like so thrilling and as i was leaving i like stopped the door and i was like i just have to say i don't know if this is the thing that you're supposed to do in auditions because i've never done this before but Uh kicking and screaming is my favorite movie of all time i can't fucking believe i'm in this room this is so exciting to me and just like thank you and i'm so happy to meet you and thank you and goodbye Uh i was like okay great so then i get a call and they're like my agent or my manager was like, so it's a little weird. NBC hasn't fully committed to making this pilot. They were like 
imagine was kind of like going through the casting process to see if they could like get someone attached that would push them into making the pilot. But instead what they're wondering if you'll be willing to do is do a table read as this character. Like they love you. You're their first choice. If you'll do a table read of this pilot at NBC Mm -hmm. to try to convince NBC to like fully commit to making the pilot. So I was like, uh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So we go, I go and it's me um, an unknown Adam Scott. Oh my God. Um, an unknown Nia Vardalis. Wow. Playing one of our, our acting teachers, Carlos Jacot, Jim Lear, mm-hmm. who's also Lear. What's his name, Mark? John Lear. John Lear, my other half of my brain, as my <laughs> husband, Mark Silverstein. Um, John Lear, who's uh-huh. also in this movie, you Who know, with he? the long hair. He's like, Oh. Was he like one of the cavemen? Yeah. He started that, right? The like cavemen that sold insurance or whatever, <laughs> and then they got a TV show. Right. That weird thing that happened. That was a thing that happened, yeah. guys. Yeah, um anyway, John Lear, Carlos Jacot, Nia Vardalis, Adam Scott, me, and there was somebody else, but I can't remember who. But anyway, we do this fucking table read. And um it was so exciting. Like, Noah worked with us for a couple hours. I was, like, being directed by Noah Baumbach. That's so cool. It was so cool. Um, we did the table read for all the NBC executives. Um, Brian Grazer came because it was Imagine. Wow. Which was really exciting. It was all so exciting. We left NBC. I remember walking to the parking lot with Adam Scott. The sun. I remember this moment. So fucking clearly. I also kind of have a photographic memory, but the sun was setting and I was like, I lit a cigarette because I smoked then. You know, I was 19 <laughs> and uh, gave him one. And I was like, this is so exciting. We're going to like do this fucking pilot. And he was like, oh, this isn't getting made. Like I- Adam was like already, <laughs> he had done nothing and was like already yeah, cynical so and, uh- cynical and jaded. He's like, oh, this, this isn't getting made. And I was like, it's Listen, not. Kid. No, I, I was like, it's not. And he's like, yeah, no, there's no way they're making this pilot. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, it was really nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> best of luck to you. I hope you get something this year. I was like, oh, okay. Got in my Honda Civic SI, drove back to um, Loyola Marymount. <laughs> and sure enough, by the time I got back, there was a message on my, um, you know, my dorm phone that uh, the terrible news, the oh, no. sh- they were not going to go forward with making the show. But the Grace Wu, who was the head of casting at NBC, wanted me to come in like the next or in that week to have a general meeting. And that general meeting, she gave me the script for Freaks and Geeks. It oh, was like, wow. I'm going to make sure they see you for this. You'd be perfect wow. for it. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. And whatever happened to Adam Scott, right? I know. <laughs> Old man Scott. So funny. He's like been that way since we were children. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny. That pilot was great. And I've tried to find it. And I've asked Noah mm-hmm. if he... So you guys are pals? Well, we know each other now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I asked him if he has it. And he's like, I don't... I don't know where that is. I mean, I could try to find it, but the store, his side of the story is so crazy, which was just that like Steve Martin and was also an executive producer on the pilot. Wow. Like Steve Martin and Brian Grazer and Noah were, t- they wanted Noah and Carlos to write a show. 
it, and it basically seemed like totally arbitrary. Like they were just like, just write about like college kids. Isn't that something that people like? Right. And they just wrote about this acting class in New York. Um, Good story. I know. I'm sad that it didn't go and I wish I could find the pilot. How cool though that like you got to meet and now know one of your like favorite directors I know. and writers. It's crazy. Is it the kind of thing like, how does that work? Can you say like, hey dude, why didn't you put me in a fucking movie yet? Can you do that? Is that how it works? No, I don't think so. Um, no. Because <laughs> I have so many of those friends where I'm like, right. sometimes Mark and I talk. I, that's the conversation. Like, you know, like, do you have like things you can only um, tweet in your head or like yeah. things you can only like text to your partner like I have those conversations with Mark like those are the conversations like why the fuck did so and so not put me in that movie Mark and he's like I don't know babe I don't know I I really don't know oh that's funny Um, what struck me too watching this last night was uh, Olivia Dabo's character I was kind of watching her and thinking oh my god that's kind of Greta Gerwig it is yeah like, is that like his version of like the manic pixie dream girl or something? I guess so. Like super hyper intelligent, like yeah, very, very literate and, and literate uh-huh. girl with blonde hair. Yeah, maybe so. But it really like kind of hit me last night. I was like, that's sort of how she is. It yeah. seems like it's interesting to me too that like sort of that that thing that Francis Ha and this movie have in common. Mm-hmm. That sort of um, you know like aimless like not knowing what the future is bringing or where you're supposed to be going thing is the thing that I like relate to so deeply Uh in both of his films. Like I really, it's what I like most um, is, is like people trying to figure it out and failing. Yeah. I mean, and that's what this, this whole movie is sort of about the great unknown and that moment when you're graduating college and well, or two years into college mm-hmm. and you're like, what, what's out there for me? And there's that, it's sort of exciting, but it's also uh, scary as hell. But, but I feel like looking you back, have, though, you're a kid. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Like actual children. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> babies, <laughs> crying babies. But you think that you're so grown up. I know. And they did in this movie. They're all playing grown up. I know. It's so funny. And Eric Stoltz and, is supposed to be like the old man. He's 28. And he's 28. <laughs> Well, and at one point, uh, Carabona's character calls uh, Josh Hamilton "old man river," and he's twenty-two. <laughs> Which, or, or, yeah, or no, like, is it? How other... old are you? And he's like twenty-two, and she's like, "old man river." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, who's the uh, who's the actress from Entourage? Oh my God, Perry. Yes. Gilpin. No. Emily. Who? No, Perry. Reeves. Reeves. Perry, Perry Reeves. Reeves, right. She's, She's in this as a like freshman, the freshman. Uh-huh. that he that Grover sleeps with trying to get over Jane. Right. And uh she takes her top off and like mm-hmm. has like a really awkward trying to be sexy moment. Yeah, yeah. Um and Marissa Rubisi's in it. Yeah, Marissa Rubisi is in it. She I don't even is know if she's credited. She's roommate. Uh-huh. Is like, she the roommate? Yeah, like he he goes to sleep with another freshman girl in the dorm. 
And it's like they're on the little twin bed next to the other people that are having sex in the other twin bed. Did that happen in college? That wouldn't de- definitely did not happen at my college. Uh, not to me. People I having was... sex. Oh my god, these people are nodding. Nodding, yes. <laughs> you had sex like with your roommate in the room? Ew. I wasn't having sex at all. All right. So Fair enough. I'm not the guy to ask. <laughs> I see the baby in the back, by the way. Oh really? Yeah, I saw that baby head back there and a little baby Bjorn. Um, so yeah, they're all playing adult. The, the, the great unknown is in front of them. She's going to Prague and it's really sad, but you get this great love story sort of happening along the way and it ends with that great... Oh, you really gotta let just, me... The best monologue of all time. Say it. You gotta let me go to Prague. Just yeah. let me go to Prague. Yeah. And he, and he knows and he, he follows her out and says, you know, if I leaned, if I kissed you... Oh, and yeah, would, that. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. like the very end, if we had been dating, you know, like you'd be delighted probably. And he's like, I just want us to be an old couple so I can do that. And it's just like such a sweet line. It's so sweet. I get a little choked up when I think about I it. I know, it's really know? sweet. Just let me, I just wish we could do that. Ugh. And it was just such a great ending. And like to look back now at Noah Baumbach's career, it was like the seed. And I love going back and seeing the early work of like some of my favorite writers and directors and actors. Because you can see that seed there. You know, it was a little amateurish and a little student filmy, mm-hmm. but just so endearing. But you see, like, the talent that was there, like, you know, ready to go. But that's why I feel like it's always remained one of my favorites. It's like, just because it is sort of rough around the edges. And then you also, like, have, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, you get to see all the films that came after. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, where it goes. Yeah. So it really does feel like the beginning of kind of an amazing journey and career for sure he was 25 25 i tried to get the budget for this i couldn't i couldn't find it but it couldn't have been much you know i wonder it was in that great time though and i talk exhaustively about it on the show about that sort of early to mid 90s indie film explosion that happened it was just so exciting sleep with me yeah i bet you like that movie i love that movie yeah What were some other ones? Well, Metropolitan and Barcelona, of course. All those really talky. uh, What are some more, everyone? So it's sort of those. Oh, well, geez. I love all those movies. Dudes, I saw Before Sunrise the night before I took my big European trip. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. (laughs) Julie Delpies are just going to be. How many Julie Delpies did you find on that trip? I literally did not kiss a human being on that trip. <laughs> not even a little little makeout sesh. Nothing. <laughs> Zero Julie Delpies. Negative a, Julie negative Delpies. Negative Julie Delpies, in fact. That's how many. <laughs> Once Julie Delpia and I tried on clothes next to each other at a store, and it was very exciting for me. Really? Yeah. That would have been exciting for me, too, It actually. was exciting. <laughs> It was exciting. I remember it very clearly. It was years ago. It's funny. Like, the oh. only the only other thing I have on here that I see is baggy clothes. In the in the from the thing. Yeah, it's from just, the movie. It's just funny to look back at the '90s and like everything was so baggy. It's all coming back, dude. Really? Yes. Those huge pants with pleats and stuff. I don't know. I think it's all about to happen. Yeah. 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 I saw a Friends episode the other night with uh, Chandler had these. Big baggy pleated pants with a t-shirt tucked in and like kind of pulled out though. Yeah, over yeah, the belt. yeah. A yeah. little poof. That was my move. 
It's just so funny to see that. Like, wow, that was awful. Because you always think in the moment you're, that you're in, it's like, no, this is like... This is how people dress. Yeah, this will not look stupid in 20 years. Yeah, I guess you do think that. I don't know. But it's jeans and a t-shirt. This is what. I, this is not going to look stupid in 20 years, is it's it? It's going to look bad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna... There are no stripes in the future. No. <laughs> just like, it's just going to be off. Like, the fit... Or whatever. Right. Like people will, you'll look back and you'll be like, what was I doing wearing it that way? Yeah, but dude, It'll... I'm going to be fucking 68 years old in 20 years. Oh my God. I know. It's sad, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> Getting older is weird. It is very weird. I'm not, I don't know. I vacillate. Sometimes I'm like, it's amazing. And sometimes I'm like, this blows. Yeah. I did that thing. I'm obsessed with checking ages of. Uh, and I've talked about this on the show of characters and like when, what, how old they were. Oh, when they right, played right, right. Them. Like I'll see something and I'll be like, Paul Newman was younger than me when right. he played Butch Cassidy. Those that's like, aside from like all the political trash fire on Twitter, like um, those are the ones that bum me out the deepest where they're like this pic, Bruce Springsteen right. was 29 <laughs> in this photo. And you're like, what? Nobody wants to hear no! that. <laughs> Just stop. Please. Stop it all. Please stop. I know it's crazy for me too. Like, um, cause I feel like even in thinking about like what you were saying right at the beginning, like, like when I did freaks and geeks, like Judd seemed so old and he right. was like 32 years old or crazy. something like that. And he was an infant. He was, <laughs> he was like, yeah, much younger than I am now. Oh, um, yeah, it's crazy. All right, so we've got 12 minutes left. We finish with five questions. Oh, okay, what's that? I didn't tell you about this. Oh. Um, well, to be fair, you didn't really tell me about anything. No, that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck. Uh, number one, what's the first movie you saw in a movie theater? Karate Kid, one of the Karate Kid movies. I don't know which one, but yeah. it was early 80s, and this is like <laughs> weirdly sort of a tragic story for me, which is that... My parents got um, my sister, they got two tickets to the Jackson 5 Victory Tour. Oh, man. And so they were taking my old, my mom was taking my older sister, and they like only could afford, like only got two tickets. Yeah. And so the consolation prize that they tried to make seem as cool was that <laughs> my dad was taking me to see the Karate Kid, but even at like age four or whatever right. I was, I like <laughs> knew that it was bullshit. <laughs> Um, but also you know all right sure uh does anyone else have that thing too where they're flipping through the cable guide and they see karate kid and you're like oh fuck yes and you turn it on and it's will smith's son and you just go oh god hoodwinked uh first r-rated movie you saw period (laughs) well i don't i actually don't know if this is the first but i do know that I snuck into The Hard Way with Michael J. Fox and, um, yeah, the yes. horrible one, uh, James Woods, and uh, and it was rated R, mm-hmm. and we, my best friend Emily Beebe and I snuck in to see it, and I loved it so much yeah. that then I, I, I saw that movie like four times really? in the theater. The yeah. Hard Way. I loved it. <laughs> That's where he's a... Actor playing a cop. He's an actor yeah. doing like a ride along, uh-huh. and James Woods is the real cop. Right. 
And I don't know why. I just fucking loved that movie. Right. And I also loved was the one. Oh my god! About the spe- FX with the, about the special effects. Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, the Australian. Yeah, with the Australian actor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was that one rated R too? Probably. Yeah, I, feel like I like was. loved that movie too when I was a little kid. We I saw so many movies growing up. Yeah. Tons. And were your parents permissive with the ratings, or was it? Yeah, like- my mom, my parents never cared. Yeah. About that. Lucky. Um, I remember wa- I remember having a really uncomfortable moment watching. I think it was Outrageous Fortune with my grandma. Bette Midler. Yeah, like, yeah. What's, is that is Outrageous Fortune the one where there's, like, an extended fucking scene in the beginning? Like, it's comical, <laughs> where she's just, like... Oh, right. Comical fucking. It's comical fucking, uh-huh. where it's just, like, legs flying right. and yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, but, like, as a seven-year-old, it's, like, sure. really traumatic. Oh, uh, we've all had those moments. It was, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so yeah, so I don't think there wasn't and we would like go to Blockbuster every, you know, that we had that routine in my uh, house. Sure. Like we would go to Blockbuster every Friday yeah. and get our movies for the weekend and, you know, we rented tons of movies. Yeah. Same. We owned a lot of movies. The hard way. And what a great guy James Woods turned out to be. I know. That was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible we person. We won't get political. Um Number three, I usually try to tailor to the person. So maybe in your in your career span, like not any movie ever, but like what movie do you wish you could have been in? Like more than any other. In just in my, the 20 yeah. years that I was. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh. or if you want, you can open up to any movie in history, right? There are no rules. Well, that seems like what? I guess kicking and screaming would be my answer. Oh, yeah? <laughs> would you want to who Miami? You would have been a great Miami, actually. I would have actually. been a great Miami. Yeah. In fact, the part that I essentially had gotten in that NBC pilot mm-hmm. was Miami. Right. Like, was it was version. that girl. Yeah. I had a great line that I still remember, which was... All right, losers, I got to go. I have a yeast infection. Oh, wait, I have a yeast infection that could flip a cow. <laughs> I could hear Parker Posey. You guys, yeah. there's a similar thing going on there. I love you're her. You're like the blonde, uh, you're the L.A. version. That's what I told you. Yeah. I'm an L.A. bitch. Yeah. Um, will you leave a bad movie? Will you walk out of a movie? But by the way, though, wait, I would have... Rather, I would have been. I would have rather been the Olivia Diabo's part. Oh, okay. Interesting. You didn't expect that. Did not expect yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I unexpected. <laughs> I would have liked to have played that part. What line? What's What's your line for her? Like, what's your favorite line from her? W- one thing I love is how she keeps coming back and saying, "I thought of a great retort to oh, mm-hmm. what you said yesterday," and I would just like to say that right now. Yeah, I thought it's of a very great cute. retort. When you said, um, I always liked, um, you're not a fair weather friend, Grover. You're a foul weather friend. You're only happy when people are suffering like you. Yeah. It's a tough line for a 21-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, will you leave a bad movie, number four? Do you walk out? I know you don't go to movies anymore, but. I have not. I don't leave bad movies. You'll stick it out. I suffer through it 
I even saw a movie there. It just, I just remembered one of the movies that I saw in the last five years and it was so fucking terrible. And I was with a friend of mine and we were just like going for a laugh and like, get, let's get high and see this. It'll how bad could it be? Right. And I remember being in the theater being like, this isn't even fun stoned. Like this Mm -hmm. is just terrible, (laughs) but I couldn't bring myself to leave it. Do you want to say what movie that is? I think it's mean. Okay. That's fine. You'll tell me about. Also, I have a right? talk show now, so like, I want those people to be guests on right. my show. Got a lot to think about now. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, movie going one hundred and one. When you do go to movies, what's your deal? Uh, where do you sit? What do you eat? Do you have rituals? Well, oh, we take the girls to movies. Actually, oh, that's fine. sure. Yeah. So I've seen like so I saw pa- Paddington three Paddington three no <laughs> I saw Paddington two and I saw Peter Rabbit which was totally nonsensical but everybody yeah. loved it um, I mean the people the little people loved it right. <laughs> I saw that one movie that I like legit straight up fell asleep in um, we get popcorn I like Coke regular mm-hmm. not diet. Um, I enjoy a gummy candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. like a Sour Patch Kid. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love dots. What are dots? Dots are like those little mounds of gummy. Oh, I don't know those. They sell them in movie theaters. Little mount, little mounds. No. Don't know the dots. Um, we always only now at this point go to the ArcLight. Mm-hmm. In Los Angeles, where you like get your seat picked out for you, so it's, it's the only way to go. It's the only way to go. Yeah. Um, I like to sit like midway up, mm-hmm. middle. Yeah, I'm a middle sit- seater. Yeah, I mean most people are, but we have had some weirdos on the show that, like John Ronson, the the author, sits I think front row, far left, Ugh. or something weird, because he's just he's from Wales. He's like, I know no one's going to be there. I was like, well, of course not. It's because it's the worst seat in the theater. That's so weird. Yeah, it's like you know that feels like something that would place. be on his like you know signs that you're a psychopath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on a psychopath test. Yeah, on the psychopath test, like yeah. that person sits there, psychopath. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's very weird. I like John Ronson. Yeah, he's great. He's really nice to me. He's a lovely, lovely human. Yeah, great guy. Uh, we have a few more minutes. Three. <laughs> so if it, does anyone have any questions you can shout it out you don't need to uh, go to a microphone or anything but if anyone has any questions for busy I'm sure she would love to answer I can't wait anyone at all someone's got a question mm. nope okay there we go So that was dream guest for busy tonight. Yeah. Well, and I already had Julia Roberts, like you said, and I'm not allowed to pick Oprah. So um, <laughs> she said other than Oprah, because everybody knows Oprah is my number one. Sure. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Like I, um, I really want to have some like musical guests on. We just don't have the money for it. Um, and I want to try to figure out an interesting way to have music on. Um, so I would say, oh, 
I love like um, Phoebe Bridgers, the singer Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, you would like that too. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I need to, you know, it's hard for me because I feel like I know so many people and like, so that's why like the Oprah thing is like totally aspirational because I've never met, met her or, you know, I'd be very curious to sit with her. Like, you know, Patti LaBelle to me was like a total surprise. I mean, obviously she's a legend and I guess like I would want someone else like that, like a legend, like Barbara Streisand would be incredible. Somebody who it would just be fascinating to sit with and chat for 20 minutes. Babs, she'd be great. Babs would be great. Patti LaBelle was amazing. She gave me her home phone number after. She like loved me. Wow. She really loved me. Like, I feel like she could be my grandma. I'm not kidding. (laughs) That's sweet. I know. And she really, I'm going to go to Palm Springs for her show next month. And she really wants me to drive her to the show. Really? Yeah. She's not, she was like, not a, it was not a bit. Like she really, wow. She really, really wants me to drive her to the show. That's so cool. I mean, I'm for sure going to film it. Uh Um, (laughs) but, but I, yeah. Uh, anyone else we may be out of time, but we may have time for one more. Anyone? Oh, good one. Oh, wow. Well, it used to be like, I loved singles back in the day, and I loved the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, of course. Mm-hmm. Boy, singles. What a movie. Oh, singles. So good. Has anyone done that? No, not yet. Really? I could talk my head off about that one. That's a good one. I love singles. Mm-hmm. This was hard to, like, y- when I got the email, like, just pick your favorite movie. I was like, ah, I, I don't know. know. It's not fair. It's not a fair question. It isn't. Yeah. Because there are so many great fucking movies. Yeah. But I do need to commit to seeing more movies. Maybe I will. We just, it's too hard. I don't know how to do it anymore. Also, going to the movie theaters kind of stress me out now mm. because I'm a very anxious person. Right. You get bothered too, I imagine. Not in LA. No one gives a fuck. They all think they're famous. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's more like, um, like I have like, like I have like uh, mass shooting fears, right? Yeah, like I'm like a like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get like very uncomfortable in malls and gotcha, whatever, dude. It's the time we're living in. No one's making any changes, so I guess I yeah. just won't see movies. Um, yeah, well, I think that's the perfect way to end. Everyone, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for Busy Phillips. Ah, so Thanks a lot. It was great. <laughs> And thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks, guys. Wonderful. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Those live shows are always fun. I uh, had a good time talking with Busy and getting to know her a little bit, and it was it was a great pleasure. Many thanks to her for coming on. Uh, follow her Instagram and her Twitter. Uh, just look up. Uh, at Busy Phillips, that's one L and two P's, interestingly. And if you haven't seen Freaks and Geeks at this point, everyone, just go watch that. It's 18 episodes, I think. And it's just some of the best TV ever made, uh, as well as her work on Cougar Town. Check out her uh, new uh, talk show, Busy Tonight, on the E! Network, and get her book. She wrote a memoir that's gotten great reviews for her uh, bravery and her honesty in talking about her life and career. It's called This Will Only Hurt a Little. And uh, I'm going to read it, too, actually. It sounds great. So big thanks to Busy, and big thanks to you for listening. 
Uh, and until next time, why don't you come out next year and see me live in San Francisco? Because it'll be happening all over again. Movie Crush is produced, engineered, edited, and soundtracked by Noel Brown and Ramsey Yunt at HowStuffWorks Studios, Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.